There's a lot of barking happening. Is you done or is you finished? <laughs> I said, is you done or is you finished? She's got her little head in between the table and the bench, and she's like, <laughs> "Here's Bibi." <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I haven't heard. Um, I haven't heard eighty percent of these yet. Ooh. These stories. Did you listen to the ones that uh, we got in our email? No, I was at work. Oh, right. You pointed that out today. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I'm super excited to hear these stories. We got some spoopies. Are they are they real? Are they fake? Nobody knows. Except for the people who told them. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was nice. Thank you, everybody who submitted to yeah. us. Um, yes. yeah, I think we got a pretty decent turnout. Yeah, we've got a pretty good turnout of good scary stories from all all different types. Um, it's probably something we'll do again. So if you have one, just like reach out. And then I don't know, are we? What are we calling it? Are we calling them campfire stories? Are we calling? Are we gonna give it a name? What about the name? Are you afraid of the dark? Because we don't really know who's afraid of the dark, and these episodes might make them afraid of the dark. <laughs> I think that name's been taken. Oh, right. Right. Um, are you afraid of goosebumps and saluting your shorts? Is Salute Your Shorts a scary movie? No. Are you afraid of ketchup? The Ketchup Chronicles. Um... Tales from the drip. That the sounds really drip. gross. <laughs> um, Tales from the ketchup. Tales from the chup. Tales from the chup. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Yeah, Tales from the chup. Just uh, think that we're all outside roasting hot dogs over an open fire. Listen to spooky yeah. stories, unlimited supplies yeah. of ketchup. Yeah, every time someone goes to tell a story, they squirt a little bit of ketchup into the fire, and then the fire goes like. Oh yeah, we have like the, what was it when we were kids? <laughs> like the the different color, ketchup. Yeah, the Heinz. Yeah, the Heinz squirt colored the squirters. Yeah, easy squirt. I think it was called Easy Squirt. No, they ended up. Was it called Easy Easy Squeeze? Easy? Or maybe it was Easy Squeeze. <laughs> yeah, but I remember. But the, it was like Easy. Yeah. No, Kai, it was called Easy Squirt. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> um, it wasn't as easy like the the drip free nozzles that are on ketchup now like didn't exist, yeah. and so it was like the screw top like the mustard, but you would always yes. get like one last bit of like condiment that came out when you screwed it down that you had to like wipe off yeah it was pretty gross i don't think we, we got the orange one and we got the purple one but i, I don't think we ever got the green or the blue um we had the green we had the purple one i don't remember them tasting great yeah no they didn't taste the same yeah. which was weird oh i'm looking at pictures 
so gross. It's called Easy Squirt. Easy Squirt. E Z Squirt. Blast in green. Oh, funky wow. purple. And then one just said tomato ketchup. <laughs> the the picture I first clicked on is the case for bringing back Heinz Heinz Easy Squeeze Easy Squirt purple ketchup Easy purple only. Squirt. Yeah, I mean that was uh-huh. fun. That was when things were fun. Was like, that fun? <laughs> yeah, dude. Condiment colors were fun. Like marketing was fun. C- kids commercials were cool. People yeah. still use practical effects ketchup was different <laughs> colors like we were into like like gross stuff like people being slimed at kids choice awards and stuff do they still slime oh, people they s- yeah yeah they still slime people but it's not like i felt like the world was into like sliming we were all in it together to be slimed yeah phloem yeah. was a thing oh phloem was legit <sighs> yeah simpler times for some of us yeah yeah, for sure. Wow. Anyways, Tales from the Chuck. Uh, yeah. Um, we hope you're able to sleep after this. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, like, they're actually, like, we, you know, actually scare you a little bit or get you a little spoopy. Um, yeah. Make you drink some booze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well so enjoy listen up don't get, get a pants. cozy yeah put a blanket on turn out the lights light a candle and listen at your own risk Georgie is the one who probably was the one who made us terrorized of all of this kind of stuff. And so old Clutie lived up in here in one of the rafters in the little closet upstairs. And Uncle Mark and I would get threatened with opening that door and old Clutie's going to get you. Grandpa would open up the door. Well, mom, my mom would too here because they all kind of played into it. But Papa well, who, would be the one. Who made up Clutie? I don't know. I guess Papa did. I don't know who okay. Clutie is. If you look up online, we very well might tell. Your grandpa. Mm-hmm. So then Uncle Mark and I would throw bologna sandwiches in there, hoping to appease him, and peanut butter sandwiches. We'd go and take it and throw it in there and close the door and hoping, okay, we were being nice to him. He would not hurt us. He, he would not get us. You would do that when Grandma was gone? Well, you know, when we were upstairs or something, we would oh, sneak okay. upstairs. So then, um, you know, it was just they would terrorize us with these kind of things. So then came into play, like, the warlocks. But wait, wait, wait. Clutie, mm-hmm. Clutie was just a – there was nothing past that. Clutie was just a monster in the attic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. 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 Old Clutie. So then the warlocks, when I would walk at night with Papa Georgie, like, we'd walk up on the lake – 
you know, on Lake Road in Lorraine from Illinois Avenue, take a walk down to the school or walk back. And when we would cross the street onto the lakeside, there was this one giant tree and the cracks of the sidewalk came like a V almost near it. And it had like a hollow thing inside of it. And so he had us convinced that that's where the warlocks lived. And when we walked by there, we had to cross our fingers, all our fingers, to make sure they wouldn't come out and get us. But is a warlock like a gnome? I had always envisioned it. He just said that, like warlock. Right. I always envisioned it like the warlock from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, but an evil one. You know, the warlock in it, the yeah. snow warlock. And that's always, I guess, what my vision of it was. And then, so when we would sometimes walk to go that way, I'd always be like, can we stay on this side of the street? And we would stay on Illinois side, like going down Lake Road. The side Road. where the Warlock tree was not. Correct. And then you'd always be watching it, though, as we'd be walking by, even on the other side of the street, because it was like, is he going to come out? Is he going to come out and get us? And of course, he never did. But hmm. it was, again, I think those fear factors that would then make us behave. That's the bottom line, because I think that they didn't know how to, you know, make kids listen. Or well, yeah, I mean, I feel like people don't threaten their kids with monsters so much anymore. Well, I think there was some validity to something like Clootie because there ended up being, like, that shadow thing uh, that would, like, I don't know, I don't even know where that started, but was that did that was here but was that at your grandma's house mm -hmm. that was just here mm -hmm. but and that was but I remember George talking about your uncle I remember him talking about seeing that around here I don't know yeah I, I remember I we were we were at ice cream heaven and he would talk about it came up like I think you were yeah you were there too and I mentioned something about dad seeing a shadow out of the corner of his eye and stuff like that and you had said that you had seen the shadow and I brought it up to Uncle George and he said that yeah yeah there's definitely like a shadow thing mm. but I don't know <clears throat> so that made me think like it wasn't um, it wasn't particularly like a location thing it was like a like an energy around the family or something. something something well you know we always did believe that there was something because of you know Sarah having you know they always talked about Satan and crap like that or her and Sean at some point and mother was convinced that there was definitely some negativity with that kind of stuff upstairs when they had lived here for a minute but then there was a dagger that Sean had left here or something and I will never forget mom had even taken it down to the priest and said here, can you get rid of this? I don't want Was it this. like a ritualistic dagger? It, that's what I assumed it was. I don't recall it, and I honestly don't know whatever happened to it, but she tried to give it to the priest to say, here, could you do something? Because she was really religious, you yeah. know, and they wouldn't even take it. And so it was like, I often wonder, maybe that's in one of the boxes somewhere or something, or maybe it's, you know, I, I don't know. I just remember something about it. But it was weird. And that's where I always thought that then there was something that was kind of unleashed by any of this stuff. And I am completely against Ouija boards, 100%. Oh, I will yeah. not ever let those anywhere near this house for that very reason. Well, I remember Dad freaked out because we were at the babysitter's house. We were playing with one, and he was like, nope, absolutely not. Yeah. Well, I think here it was more because 
I was more worried too about whatever they did, whatever they were practicing or doing or were chanting. They like full I don't know if they chanting. ever did anything. No, no, I'm just saying. I don't oh. know if that's the kind of stuff they would do, and I don't know if mom really heard some of the stuff, but just knowing that you find that up there, you know, just. Did, did she know. find any other stuff? Like, I'm I, thinking I like think clothes and robes. And no, 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 no. I think there was a book, and that's why maybe there was some suspicion of like, oh God, don't even be trying any kind of little sayings to bring anything here because then you know what I mean yeah I didn't know that well and I think that's what's always you know there's definitely some energy around I think us as people though you know I told you that when I was younger about seeing great grandpa Tosh no great grandpa Bradford was the one one of them who was it it was I think maybe it was Papa's Papa the one who died in the hallway so when I when at Mama and Papa's in no. our bedroom, when everybody would leave, I would come running out and like, you know, because I was free from my room. I didn't have to be in there. I'd go in the living room and watch TV. So I'd hear Mama and Papa leave. So, you know, I'd go in there. And then one day I came, opened the door, and I ran real fast past it to answer the phone. And I was like, oh, excuse me. And I turned for a second, and it was like, and it didn't hit me until I answered the phone. And I was like, oh, my God, I just saw something. And I was peeking around the kitchen And you even door. went out of your way to be like, oh, excuse me. I did, because it was like, it was so real that this presence was there, and it freaked me out. So when Mama and Papa come home, we're eating dinner, I was like, you know, something creepy really happened. And then they're like, well, who was, you know, what was it? Describe it. And I said, well, it was an older man, and he had like this cowboy hat on of some sort, you know, a bolero, something. And like a button-up kind of shirt. It almost reminded me of like Uncle Willard because it kind of fit like his description. That's why I believe it was the Bradford side. I think it was. Mm. And they that was my great-grandpa. That And they said he died in that hallway because I guess they must have been taking care of him or something. I still don't know the whole story. And that mm. would have been something good to kind of, I don't know, over the years maybe, you know, gotten from Uncle George. But... That's why it was like, this is so weird. And for a really long time, man, I did not op like leave my door closed like that. I kind of kept it open, but I was always like, I, hmm. I don't know. And that was when I was a teenager. So that wasn't even when I was like, uh, you know, like 10 or 11. Like no, yeah, no, this yeah. was, I was older. And, you know, we always, we always, even when we were younger, Mark and I shared that bedroom, and his bed used to be on the far side, and mine would be right behind the door when you opened it up. And so he would run in the room and jump into the bed so nothing could get him, right. you know? And that's how we would do it. He'd like jump up on the bed because we were afraid. I mean, we just had a lot of those fears, and it was well, definitely instilled. I don't know if it was because I was smaller and I thought Tosh's house was creepy, dude, but I would always just like run up the steps really fast just because I thought something was going to grab my mm -hmm. feet between the steps or like and I, I nothing bad happened to me at that house but for some reason for a while I would always have like the same recurring nightmare about that house hmm. um and it was either I heard like screams in the basement or screams in the attic um hmm. or one was like I was in her bathroom I was in her bathroom uh the dream is that I'm in her bathroom and something's like jiggling the handle trying to get in hmm. so yeah, I don't know what it was about. I mean, I think it might have just been the energy that, like, maybe I assigned around that, like, house. Mm. So I don't know. It's just totally weird.
Yeah, and then, um, so then what happened when we were here was it was shortly after we had come here. What do you mean we had come And here? when we left 39th Street and we oh, moved, we moved in, in here. Okay. And it was where I'd be, that's my favorite spot, that was the side of the couch I sit on, and I'd be sitting there on the phone talking to friends, and then all of a sudden I'd look and see, and out of the corner of my eye there would be a little figure there, and it's even weird talking about it because I'm always worried like it's going to come back because now I'm talking about it it's and it hears figure? me. It's a figure? It is. It's I like thought... this little demonish figure, but you don't know whether he's good or he's bad. And even to this day, I still am not sure because then it would freak me out to where I would freeze and I'm like, uh, I didn't hear you kids making any noise. And I was like, okay, this is weird. So then, you know, I just kind of stay still well, for a while. The figure? Little guy, like this big, like so just like a little something. Three feet tall. You know, yeah. And so then that would be like, oh my God, is he living up in the closet? <laughs> like, is that actually, you know? Me? Huh. Well, but well, I don't. I've never heard you talk about that. I thought it was just like a little like like blur of a shadow or something that you saw out of the corner of your no. eye. No, and this little thing stayed here for quite a while, and it would, you know, I would worry about it when I would see it because I didn't know what it was here for, and I thought it was okay. You know, a lot of anxieties between all the stuff. You know, leaving your dad, you guys moving here, and all this kind of stuff. And then it just became where I wouldn't even go upstairs and sleep. I would sleep down here because mm -hmm. I was worried. You know, I was like, I don't know what this thing is. And then that's where it's like, am I losing it? Am I crazy? There is no way. So then there would be different times. I mean, I'd sit in there in that um, kitchen and then I'd be on a phone and it'd be sitting right here and I'd be looking like out this way or somewhere. How close to you? Right here, like sitting close to me at times. Like I remember being upstairs at one point and I was talking to somebody on the phone and I was like, um, okay, that thing is here. It's sitting right here and I don't know what it's doing. I don't know whether it's going to leave me alone or why it's following me or is it just kind of sitting there standing. Then you can't really tell what kind of outline it was. So you're not, you're not acknowledging it really like while you're there you're just saying, right like, exactly okay. and it's like oh god go away go away i'm just keeping but i mean but it's light. not something like would you turn and look at it and then it was gone or was it no. was it something strictly out of your peripherals no i i don't know because i think that i mean i'm like thinking you've back made to like, some of it like i mean did it have eyes you've turned and made eye contact with it oh i've looked at it oh absolutely oh. absolutely but not been like, okay, I'm staring at you, go away. Nothing yeah. like that, you know? It would be like, okay, it's right here, and it's like, what are you doing? And, I mean, there are several times I would catch it going in that hallway. And then just weird things would happen, like when you, like when Cy would be here, like, you know, later on in life when um, he was here, he'd stand at that damn door right there, and he'd bark for nothing. Hmm. And it was like, is that energy still here? I don't know, that's the weirdest thing. But it was here, I would say, for like a year. And it was that long of a period when of time. When we first moved in here. I think it was, yeah. And, and it was just weird because I was like, this is so crazy. Like, I am not losing my mind. I'm not seeing things. There's no way I'm not, you know? And I just, I believe at some point that maybe it was like protecting me or protecting us. Well, I it think wasn't when... out to, you know, scare me or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it could have been, like, a manifestation of, like, really bad energy that was here. Well, and see, Mom had this house. Um, she was really into 
Our Lady, uh, not Fatima, what was it? The Immaculate Conception Convent. What in the hell? I have to go back and see what the um, figurine of Mary was because she was really into one of these women who was one of those holy roller kind of things. And she'd always want to go to the things they had at church with her. And, you know, one of those things like you're a believer now mm -hmm. kind of thing. And um, the spirit so moves you, whatever. And she and a couple of her friends, and I was here, had someone come and bless the house with this Mary thing. Mm -hmm. And literally walked through the entire house, walked up the stairs, came down, did all this stuff. And it was like, okay, so this house should be protected, right? But it's kind of weird because I go back to thinking, well, maybe it wasn't, you know? Well, I mean, but she wasn't, that wasn't like an ordained person. I think it was. I think she was. I have to go back and I Because my one thought is like, if it's like a false god or something like that trying to protect the house, there's not real like... I don't know. Protective religious energy or something. I don't know. But it's just the creepy parts of those things that it's like, you know, I can't be, maybe that's just in your mind, how you grow up, kind of, mm -hmm. knowing all of those things, and like you say, it manifests some way or another, well, but I, mean, I don't believe it. I think there's an energy, and I mean, I had even gone so far as when that creature was here, I got online and I was looking up ghost hunters to come here. I even sent them emails about coming to investigate. That's how serious I was about it because it was real. There was huh. no way it was not. So it was like I would. Did you assign a name to it? Uh uh. It's just this figure, this thing. Uh -uh. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, the other. I mean, I don't. Maybe it was like two months, three months ago now, when I was making Logan's guitar, and I just hung it downstairs. I hung it from a bungee cord, uh, from one of the one of the cross beams. And I had a fan on it, and there's no way that that fan blowing on it would have given it enough momentum to do this. But it was drying. It was drying downstairs with the fan on it, and I come downstairs, and I'm halfway downstairs, and I just see it swinging, just hardcore pendulum. And I stopped on the stairs for a few minutes, and I was just like, "There's no way." what like something had to have just like run past it or something or i mean you talking about how little that figure was like maybe he was like on it swinging on it or some shit and then mm -hmm. ran off um but that freaked me out I've, i haven't had an encounter like that in this house but like wow but that's like the only one and i'm just like there's no way anything would have made like this heavy like body of a guitar swing like that mm -hmm. so hearing about that little thing well, and then remember, this was a few days after that, that I told you I was in the bathroom, and I, I looked down the hole, and it like caught my eye, and there was something that went past. The laundry hole. Yeah. yeah. There was something that went past there, and it was like, oh my God, this is not real. I'm like, I just, but you can't not see that. There was nobody down there. You weren't here. So, what was it? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, I will never forget when Mom died. It was probably a couple months later. Sarah was sitting like there, because you know we had the big um, entertainment center there. Sarah was sitting here, I was here. We had a candle on, and we were ragging on mom, making fun of some kind of something about her, and all of a sudden, the candle burst. 
and it burst like went out or burst. Like no, the what? whole glass and everything just burst. Oh yeah, and it it was just like we both were like, what the hell? And it was like, oh my god! And of course, the flame had gone out, but there was there was wax dripping and everything because the candle. It wasn't like it was down at the bottom, like it's going to go yeah. out. It was like this big, oh. and I'll never forget. It was a yellow candle, um, but it was the weirdest thing. And we were like, oh my god! I swear to God, it was her because she's pissed that we're making fun of her or something, yeah. you know. And there were times, and there had been, when you'd walk through certain places in the house. You smell her perfume, which was that mugwort. I know it's not the way you say it, but it's the Lily of the Valley, okay. M-U-G-U-E-T, but we always made fun of it called it mugwort uh -huh. because we would, yeah, we liked the perfume. But she would keep one in her pocket of her um, shift, the little night dresses that, you know, you'd wear, the shareholders would wear one mm -hmm. with little pockets and oh, stuff yeah, that yeah. sits up, you know. And um, she'd just have it in there, and it was like, I would often smell it right here, like she was walking through to go through back to the bedroom or somewhere. And you just catch that, and it's mm -hmm. like, I believe that, that, you know, she was here for a while. I definitely believe she did not leave right away. Well, and you said when this fell down, too, this picture Oh, frame. my God. Yeah, that was the recent thing. Me and Tyrone sitting here just like you and me. Mm -hmm. Nothing. No door slamming, no nothing. And all of a sudden, it just went whoop. I'm like, what the hell? Uh -huh. And it was just, again, it's like you don't think about, well, what was I thinking about? What were we talking about? Or whatever. It was just like, this is not normal. There's something like, how did that nail get out of the wall just all of a sudden yeah. and do that? And chose that moment that we're just sitting here to be like, oh, dokey, man. I think we need to leave. <laughs> So those are just some of the little creepy things, you know, but that little guy, that thing, like well, I said. That makes me feel better about actually living upstairs now. Well, and you know, when I was up there, I mean, we, you know, we weren't up there as kids very much, you know, because it was more like a playroom or like this extra bed and stuff up there, but mom would do, you know, like things like wrapping Christmas, all that kind of stuff. It was more for storage, but, and we played up there. But, you know, when we moved in here, for me to live up there, you know, you can't hear anything up there. I mean, that's why Kayla got away with everything she did, because she'd be sneaking out the windows or people coming in, and we'd never hear it up there. So you really are, like, in your own world. And that's why when that little thing would be up there, I'd be like, oh, think of myself as somebody else. Nobody's going to hear me anyway, mm. you know? I'd be interested. I mean, I, I think at some point that upstairs is going to get remodeled. And, and nothing's changed up there, right? All of that's been mm -hmm. like that forever. Mm -hmm. So I'd be interested to see, like, because uh, if we knock out those closets or anything, like, what we would find in those closets. I don't think anything. I think for a long time I had wondered, because we, even when we moved here, we just yeah. shoved stuff all up in there. Yeah. And that was a few years uh, ago I think that we pulled it out when we did the computer. For, so, like, in, what is it, like, the Conjuring? It's not the Conjuring. Um, what was the movie with, like, the video cameras? Is, um... Well, the one that I didn't like, that one, the haunting one, I told you about that house, the haunting of, and you said you saw where the house was or something when you were in Connecticut. Oh, yeah, I think it's called the haunting in Connecticut. Dear God. Uh, well, I'm the original house did burn down, but I, right. yeah, I saw the house. Oh, yeah, that right there. I watched that. Somebody made me watch that, and I came home that night, and I slept with my lights on every single light well, in this house for a week. Yeah, because it reminds me so much of uh, Grandma Tosh's house. Um, and it I just looked the same, it. and I was just like, oh, God, it's old. I'm going to throw up. Well, that's um, one reason I won't go to the... Well, okay, so I take it back. 
I went to the Mansfield prison when they did the incarceration festival, okay? But I've never gone on one of the tours to go deep into any of those cells yeah. or anything, and I never will. And I get teased about it all the time. I'm like, oh, I'll go on the poker runs and go if yeah. you guys want to go. But, but you're just I'm like, not, I've seen some shit. No, I'm not bringing cool. anything home because I oh, yeah. fear it would attach to me. Yeah. Because I think that's the energy that something would feel that I don't know. Am I a safe Paranormal place? Paranormal activity. That's, that's the movie. Oh, yeah. But um, in, in one of those, in one of those, they find like a burned up picture of like this woman's like, of, of like this woman like uh, in the rafters. And I was just like, Dude, I feel like, I feel like we're gonna find, I mean, you talking about that dagger makes me really paranoid, but like, I don't think I would go into those closets now, but I think I would, um, I think I would be interested when we're knocking everything out to just like comb through it all, and I, well, it'd I be bet there's some crazy shit up It'd be interesting to see what would be up in the, um, things up above, in the drop ceilings. Oh, uh, well, yeah, I mean, I've, I've peeked my head up there. I mean, it's all like just blown in insulation. Right, but. but you never know because I often wondered about that too. Because um, you know, even downstairs where you guys shove stuff up in the you know rafters of some sort, you know, it's just like you never know. And I mean, we've been in the garage, but have you been in the side of that garage up top when you've thrown like where you put all the black stuff up there? Have you uh, really gone over into any of those I've seen areas? some older shit, like old, like the old linoleum that used yeah, to be Yeah, we got to just, here. like, I was thinking next summer, I, everything in there has got to come but out. But yeah, I mean, there, there's man. shit that's been in there forever. Right, and I mean, side. in the rafter part above there is the side that, yeah, we've never had a reason to go over there or do anything with it because that one circular thing that's wood that looks like a little table or something, like, you know, that you put cable on, mm -hmm. that's been in there since I was a kid or since... Because John built that garage in the 70s. And that's, you know, so, I mean, it's not that old, but that's, you know, and then we put that second level up. The whole side of where the canoe and stuff, all that wood, your dad and I put that uh, up there. It right. was never up there. It didn't have a second level. Okay. We did it to put all of our stuff in it because then we put grandma's stuff up there too and all of ours. So, yeah, that's... Yeah, it's just kind of weird. And so, you know, I got to go back to some of those things and see. Mom, she had writings, but I don't remember if any of them included any of that kind of weird stuff. But, hmm. yeah. So that's it in a nutshell. Haunted shit. Yeah. But we're still standing, and uh, at least, you know, I'm not totally crazy. I'm not. I, I'm not. And I, like I said, maybe it is just because I'm more vulnerable because I do believe, you know, I believe in this stuff. But, hmm. yeah. Yeah. You never tried to take a picture of that little thing? No. Because I, I guess even as an adult, I'm like, if I don't look at it, it's not real. <laughs> yeah. If I don't acknowledge it. But I did because I'm telling you. I mean, I told my girlfriends. They will tell you to this day that the stories I would tell that I'd be on the phone with them and I'd be like, God, there it's coming. There it is. What you know, and it's just like I don't know what you're doing here. Did I don't it make know any what noise you want. or just showed up. Mm -mm, mm -mm, just shows up. It's just there. And that's like I said, now if I start seeing it again, I'm gonna be pissed because I'm talking about it. And that's making him come back. Yeah. But I don't know, you know, I do not know. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see if he shows up on this recording. Let's oh see. God, I would throw <laughs> up if I heard something come through on this recording. All right, thank you. All right, you are welcome. When I was in high school, 
one of the girls that I did gymnastics with and I were asked by another local parent if we were able to watch their kids for one night while they went out to dinner. Obviously, being high school kids, we looked for any excuse to make some money, so we agreed to go out and babysit for the evening for their two kids, and they had two dogs. We ended up heading out to their house probably around 5 or 6 o'clock, and the neighborhood that they were in was very, very spread out. Lots of farmlands, lots of back roads. The closest neighbor was probably a four-minute walk from their house, so you could see it, but definitely not right next door by any means. And then the back of their house had a lot of farmland, big open field. There was some space for the dog to run around, but we were told to pretty much keep them on a leash if we wanted to take them out. So we got over to the house probably around 5 or 6 o'clock. On the way there, it was snowing. So the whole field, just big white fields. We got there, had the two kids, had dinner, played some games. We took the dog for a walk. Ended up coming back to the house, got dark, put the kids to bed, probably about 9 o'clock. And as my friend and I were watching TV, we started to hear the dogs barking at the back sliding door. So, of course, we got up, assuming that they had to go to the bathroom. We looked out back. There was no one there. So we put the dogs on the leash, did a quick little walk in the front, brought them back, put them back inside. All was good. So, about five minutes later, same thing happened again. The dogs were barking and scratching at the back glass sliding door that went to their backyard. So, we walked back over again. Nothing was there. We knew the dogs didn't have to go to the bathroom. Called it good. So, go back to watching TV. And the parents aren't coming home for a few hours at this point. So, go back, hanging out. All of a sudden, we hear tapping on the back glass door. So, we go out back again, a little creeped out. Check it out, seems like everything's fine. We thought maybe there was a deer or something like that. Nope, nothing there. So, at this point, my friend and I are feeling a little, a little nervous about being there. So, we sit back, watch TV, and then about another 20 minutes passes. And we hear the same thing again, but it's really loud knocking on the back sliding door. So, we go back, we don't see anything, but we realize that in the snow, there are footprints leading up to the house and leading away from the house. Just one set of footprints. Mind you, it just snowed, so the snow was new. There was no way the footprints were from us because we had only taken the dogs out in the front yard because we were told not to take them out in the backyard. So. Two of us now, very nervous, we call the family, and we're like, hey, you know, we think there's someone coming around your house, blah, 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 and the family's like, okay, well, we'll just head home soon, don't worry about it, we're done with our dinner plans anyway, so my friend and I are like, okay, we have all the doors locked, family gets home, they come in, at this point it's snowed enough now that you can't even see the footprint, so they're like, oh, I don't think anything was wrong, blah, blah, blah. So my friend and I are just like, great. All we want to do is get out of here because we don't need to stay any longer. And obviously we're a little creeped out at this point. So two of us get in the car. We start driving back. So as we're driving, 
it is again back roads, just snowed, not many street lights, windy roads, pretty hard to navigate. So the two of us are driving and we're talking about how whole night was super weird. Didn't really like everything that had gone on, etc. So as we're leaving, we start to see on the side of the road that there's someone standing there. So of course, we're like, you've got to be shitting me. Like, this is absolutely ridiculous. So we end up keep driving. As we get closer, we realize it is someone standing there. He's standing there, and this guy, he's wearing overalls, nothing else, in the middle of the winter, and he's just waving at us as we drive by. The absolute creepiest thing I think we've ever seen. We drive by him, obviously don't slow down, don't stop at all. And then, we look in the rearview mirror, no one can see where he went. I have no idea what happened to him. I have no idea where he ended up. But it was probably one of the absolute creepiest nights I think we've ever had. And we never went back and babysit at that house again. I'm Laura, and I'm going to attempt to retell the story of Harold the Doll. This is a story I've heard many podcasts about, read online many times, um, but I'm just going to tell from memory what the biggest events of the story are in my mind. And I have a bit of a cough, and I'm sorry about it. I'm hoping it will only enhance the freakiness of the story. So the story of Harold the Doll begins in the early 2000s when a filmmaker had this particular doll and he was filming with it. He was, um, you know, making media with it. So he had a purpose for it. And there was a bit of hype surrounding the doll at the time. But the biggest story at the time was that people had seen the doll move on its own. And that people had seen the doll say the word either here or Harold. And that is how the doll got its infamous name. And basically the filmmaker, having done with it what he wanted, having filmed it and, you know, stuff, sold the doll online. And a woman named Kathy bought it knowing that if she, you know, gained enough hype around the doll that people would pay big money for it and she could make a profit off of reselling it. So she wasn't particularly interested in the doll, but she knew that she could get other people interested in it and eventually make a profit. <coughs> Excuse me. And so she buys it. She successfully wins the bid and gets the doll. So she immediately wraps up the doll and puts it in a linen closet in her home. Um, and kind of waits for the media hype surrounding it to grow so that she can sell it again. Well, while she has it, a female friend of hers comes over and asks to see the doll. So she unwraps the doll, takes it out of the closet, 
gives it to her friend to hold and the friend kind of handles it looks at it and then leaves you know um later that day the female friend falls down a staircase and instantly dies because of this death the friend's roommate a man um has to find a new place to stay and so he moves in with the owner of Harold the doll and moves into the room where Harold is stored in the closet and this man is very healthy definitely a health nut always exercising and eating really well and within a week of living in that room where Harold was stored discovered that he had a very rare strain of lung cancer and died within weeks. And then finally, the final straw was when the owner of Harold was on the phone with her fiance, uh, her fiance started screaming, saying that he had a wolf spider on his back. And while he's saying that, she glances over towards the closet and there are several wolf spiders crawling into the closet where Harold is stored. And so she's completely freaked out. Kathy's freaked out. So she gets online and sells the doll. And this psychic medium named Anthony ends up buying it. And Anthony is obviously interested in what the deal is with the stall so he takes it to a bunch of psychics and from what I remember a lot of them refused to read him or wouldn't touch him but he finally takes it to this woman April and he uses one of those recorders they use for spirits and he starts recording and then he puts holy water on the doll and the woman, the psychic April, is laughing and she's like, I don't think that's necessary. And um, she starts to read the doll. After about two minutes, she gives the doll back and tells Anthony to leave. She says, I won't finish the reading. I'm done. She's like, I'll tell you what has happened up until this point, but I can't do any more. She's like, I have a heart murmur and I felt the spirit squeezing my heart and telling me that he would kill me if I continue. And so Anthony takes the doll and goes home and listens to the recording. And the first thing he hears is demonic male screaming, followed by April's laugh. And he realizes this was the beginning of the recording when he had put holy water on the doll. And then he hears the doll cursing um, April for reading it and telling her exactly what she had said, that he would kill her if, he, if she continued the reading. But the creepiest part, and I may be paraphrasing, but this was the gist of it, was when she asked the spirit what its name was he said i don't have a name i am older than time i am the prince of hell <sighs> and those particular words have really stuck with me and have really set apart this doll story from others and um make it um really why it's it's my favorite kind of ghost spirit story of all
I was born with a call draped over my face. Much like other babies brought into this world, I was small, cold, and trying to understand what was happening and where all this new light had come from. Where most babies are completely exposed at birth, I had the opportunity of having a small layer of protection from the outside world under my call. A call is a layer of amniotic sac that has ripped off during birth, and in my case, it was covering my face. For other babies, they can be born completely in the amniotic sac, um, and that can be called an end call birth. But mine just cloaked my face, protecting me from the outside world for a little while. The doctor had reassured my mother that although a call is rare, they cause no harm, and he removed me from my protective shield, exposing a perfectly healthy baby. And the doctor was right. Though an odd sight to see and rather rare, being born with a call isn't detrimental to a baby's health and shouldn't affect any other aspect of their life. What doctors don't often mention, however, is the superstition and folklore surrounded those born with calls. Calls are thought to be a sign of protection and a marking for those who hold psychic abilities. It was once believed that calls were a sign of good fortune, and so long as you held on to your call, you were protected, most specifically against drowning. Sailors would sometimes steal calls from babies and keep it in their pocket to keep them safe on their journeys. Being that I was born in the 90s, I'm sure you can assume that we did not keep my call. And if you know me well, you know I can't swim. So maybe it would have been nice if we would have held on to that at this point, but I digress. Those born with calls are often thought to be well in tune with emotions and energy changes in their environment. They can be so in tuned with their thoughts that they sometimes feel as though nobody really understands them, as if the call was never truly removed from them, constantly cloaking who they really are. I never really thought about the significance of me being born with a call, or honestly the fact that I was born that way at all. Well, that is not until recently. You see, over the past year, I've been having things happen to me or around me that I can't explain and I don't understand. They're small, somewhat insignificant things, but when you put them all together, things start to appear kind of strange. And I feel different. More and more I feel so alone in my thoughts and I can't seem to figure out who I really am. I have close relationships with people, but there's still a side of me that I don't understand and that I feel others don't see or understand either. I'm hoping if I start to write all of this down, things will start to make sense for me. All of this started when I moved into my new house. My first day there, I'm out walking my dog and I noticed something on the windshield of a car parked on my street. As I got closer, I started to realize that this object was. It was a small, lifeless baby bird. It must have fallen out of its nest from the tree above and helplessly landed on the windshield. It was so sad overwhelmed and honestly not sure what to do I just kept walking my dog and I took her inside there was something telling me that cleaning this baby bird off someone else's car really wasn't my place and I didn't want someone to come out and get mad at me for touching their car so I didn't do anything about it but the thing is that wasn't the only dead bird I saw 
over the next few months, I started seeing them everywhere, in the road, in our yard, all over this new neighborhood. All types of birds, like baby birds, full-grown birds, all different kinds. I assume there must have been a stray cat or something in the neighborhood because most of the time these birds were missing things, like their heads or their wings. That's what I chalked it up to, at least. I never took them as a bad omen or a sign of something more sinister entering my life. I just hadn't seen enough yet to think that way. Other strange things started happening in the house as well. One night when I was home alone cooking dinner, I heard a very distinct whistling like right behind me. And it wasn't that of like an animal or any artificial sound. It sounded like a human being directly behind me whistling, you know, like right behind me and the weird thing was I was completely home alone like my dog was home but she wasn't even in the same room as me so I didn't really know what to think of it I didn't want to freak myself out and so I just blamed it on this pot that I had just put into the sink that was still a little bit hot and I thought maybe there was some water in the sink and somehow some gas had escaped from somewhere causing this sound. I mean, what else could I do? So I just kind of moved on from there. And then there were the doors. Have you ever lived in a house where doors just kind of randomly opened? I have. (laughs) And actually, it's happened in every house I've ever lived in. Like, I'll just be sitting in the room, and boom, the door opens. And I've only ever lived in older houses, so I honestly just blamed it on the fact that the house was old and there must have been some sort of draft. You know, old houses where the doors don't really close as well as they should, so they can just kind of open depending on what's going on. In one of my older apartments, it happened to me while I was in the shower. It was so scary. I I was showering and all of a sudden, like, I could hear my TV louder. Like, I had my TV on. And I could hear it louder than I could before. So I kind of peeked through my shower curtain and I looked and the door was open. And I knew I had closed the door. It seems kind of like a dumb thought. I lived by myself. But yeah, I closed the door in the bathroom when I took a shower. So I got really freaked out and I had to get out of the shower, mid-shower, with a towel on. And I searched my whole apartment because I was afraid someone had broken in. But nobody was there. And I can't really explain why that happened. It just did. One time in this new apartment I'm in, I was sleeping and I felt something pressed down on my feet. I thought it was my dog stretching until I moved my arm and felt her sleeping right next to me, not near my feet. I don't know what that was that night, but I just went back to sleep. My most recent experience that's honestly still rattled me happened a few nights ago. It was in the middle of the night and I was in between dreams. I kept waking up and noticing that my arm had fallen asleep. You know, have you ever woken up to just a completely numb limb? Well, that's what happened. And in between dreams, I would try and wiggle my fingers to wake my arm back up. Little by little, my arm was starting to get its feeling back. I kind of felt like Uma Thurman in Kill Bill when she's trying to wiggle her big toe, you know? If you can get that one little part to move, then the rest will follow. So I would start little by little. I would try to wiggle my finger then all five, then I could open my hand and close it, open and close, open and close, and alas, 
the feeling returned. So I kept moving my hand and fingers, and then I started moving my whole arm. And then all of a sudden, thud. Something fell in my room. And it was like, it was loud. And my dog got spooked, and she started barking and um, growling. And it was just so strange. Like, my room was completely pitch black. You know, it was the middle of the night. I was sleeping. And I was trying to figure out what happened. Like, what could have fallen? The sound was so distinct and so close. It had to have been in my room. Not in the wall. Not outside. It was in my room. So I got out of bed, turned on the light, and I started looking for what could have made that sound. And then there it was. My hairbrush. It was bristle side down, touching the carpet, with the arm of the brush perched against the side of my dresser. It must have been what fallen, and the the end of my brush must have hit the dresser and made that thud. But how? Why did it fall? Besides there being some sort of a mini earthquake, which seems odd for Ohio, I couldn't figure it out. My dresser was across the room, not touching my bed, so there's no way me moving my arm could have done anything. I just don't know what could have caused that to happen. That is my only thought at 2.30 in the morning, which did not help my, uh, <laughs> my anxiety, was that something could have been holding it, trying to use it, and then somehow lost its grip and the brush fell. And then I really got to thinking about my arm being fallen asleep and moving. Well, what if it hadn't just fallen asleep that night? Is it possible that some sort of entity was able to borrow some of my energy to pick up the brush? And once I regained the energy back into my arm, it was reversed, causing the brush to fall? They say those born with a call may be susceptible to psychic powers or abilities, which inherently puts you closer to the other side. Acknowledging all of these experiences as those from another dimension or facet of reality opens you up to having even more of those experiences. The more open you are to them, the easier it is for them to open up to you and share your energy. So what if something did take part of my energy that night? What would have happened if I didn't wake up from my dream and notice my lifeless arm? What could have happened from there? You hear tons of stories of people who die in their sleep with absolutely no explanation as to what really happened. What if that's what was going to happen to me? I wasn't sure what to make of what happened that night, so all I did was just try and go back to sleep, close my eyes, and stop thinking about some sort of ghost in my room using my hairbrush. So I laid back in my bed, closed my eyes, and tried to keep my hand as still as I could. And honestly, even now, I'm just gonna blame the brush falling on some sort of draft in my apartment until something happens next.
So I used to have this dream all the time, all the time when I was little, and I couldn't figure out why I kept having this dream over and over. But it kept it got to the point where my parents had like the house exercise, yeah, and everything because I would just wake up just. So it was the same. I remember you said something about this, but it was the same dream. It was the same dream from the time I was little. Till I hit, oh, I want to say, till after I divorced her dad. Yeah. That I that dream was just always with me. I didn't realize it was that long. And um, it all started. I'm in the woods, and I was. We were playing hide and go seek in the woods. Me and some friends, and um, these guys come in the woods and they had trench coats on and hats. So we we got scared and we're just like hurry up and hide, you know. So I hid in the base of this tree, and my friends took off. So I'm there by myself, and I'm like, holy crap, they left me here. And so um, I'm listening to these guys, and they're talking to each other and stuff, and then the one says, okay, so we got it all set up, and I'll see you guys tomorrow. And the other guys are just like, okay, we'll see you tomorrow. So they leave. The two guys leave. That's so vivid. And this guy... All of a sudden, his tail comes out, his horns come up, and he and he starts laughing, and it's just like a guttural laugh. And I and I'm look, watching him, and I start, and I went, <gasps> and he heard me, and so he's like, "Who's there?" And I'm just like, "Holy shit, he's gonna get the devil's gonna get me!" So then I start running, and he's and I can feel him like right right here. He's just constantly just, <laughs> and I. And I'm like, oh God, please just let me get get away from this, you know. And I'm running, and then next thing you know, I'm in this huge house, and I'm at the top of this staircase. Yeah. And here comes this, you know, and it's still chasing me, and it's still. And I look, and I, I there's nowhere to go. It's I'm at the top of this staircase, so I gotta jump. Or he's so going to grab me. Was it kind of like, was it like a castle or was it like a mansion? It's like a mansion. A never-ending mansion huh. that I was in. But so, you've never been in like a house like that? Nope, I've never been in a house like that. Huh. So I jump. And right when I jump, I, all of a sudden I start flying. I'm flying. I'm flying over treetops and stuff. But he's not with me anymore. Uh-huh. And then... I'm, I'm like, how am I going to get down? I'm never going to get down. And then all of a sudden, when I start getting scared, because I'm starting to you know, go towards the ground, then I get a piece. And right before I hit, I wake myself up. So you're free-falling straight. I, I am free-falling, because first I'm flying, yeah. and then all of a sudden I start free-falling. And huh. it's just like, before I hit, I get a wake, you know, I wake up. Yeah. And it's just like, I had that dream for many, many years. And then when I got older, my mother explained to me that, like, my aunt would give me stuff all the time. (laughs) She would give me stuff. Like, she would give me personal stuff. Like, you know, like pajamas or a nightgown or perfume and stuff. And my mother would just grab them from me and go. And we had those big drums that we used to burn stuff. Yeah. And so she would take it and she would burn it. And twice a year, she would go to Puerto Rico. And buy um, the powders and stuff to keep the evil at bay, because my aunt hated my guts that much. I understand why. Like, did your did your aunt think that you were some kind of like 
reincarnation of something? Did she? I don't know. Because you're like the middle kid. Yeah, I don't know. So she had all those kids to pick on. Yep. And it was you. Yep. She let me have it. And she even, like they had fighting roosters. Yeah. And I was outside playing. She let them loose on me. And they were sitting there picking. Yeah. And, you know, I, for a long time, I was afraid of chickens. I, I hate chickens. Yeah. I hate them. And one would come near me and I would just like, you know, push it away and stuff. Yeah. And I never figured it out until my sister told me that when I was little, she let the, the roosters out and they were picking on Your mom's and, sister. Yeah. No, it was my dad's sister. Oh, your dad's sister let yeah. the chickens out. Yeah. Got it. So she let the roosters out and they pecked me. To heck and back, and then you know she was a happy little camper, but she always threw at me. Always, no matter what I did, it was wrong. She would tell my dad lies and stuff, and I would always get beat because of her. Yeah. Well, so, so do you think that it was the stuff that she was giving you? I think that since her mother, because my my grandmother, yeah, my dad's mom. You knew your grandma? No, I didn't know her. But she practiced voodoo on my mother because she didn't like my mother. When they got married, she would hang, she would cut the, slice the throats of the chickens and put them upside down, tie them upside down by the latrine door. And she would put the blood of the chickens all over the latrine door. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Was it it voodoo or was it something else? No, it it was voodoo. Because they did they, on the island all of her family, they still practice over Yeah, there. they still practice over there. And the there. stuff that she tells me that her mom used to do as like a counter thing to it, yeah. it sounds a lot like Santeria. Yeah. Oh, so Santeria would be a, a is a counter to voodoo. It's well, like a is it like Santeria a white witch is a thing? more religious practice of magic. It's how mm. people would take voodoo practices and then they had like the Catholic saints Mm-hmm. That they would use as a mask, they assign saints with similar similar traits and qualities to their gods, mm-hmm. and so then they would start using the saint statues instead of the god statues, so that they wouldn't get caught by the church. Interesting. No shit. So your dad's mom practiced voodoo. She did, and I didn't know her. I didn't get to know her till they were well in their late 80s when I yeah. went out there, and that was after my mom passed away. I wonder, I wonder I was if 16. his mom said something about a sense about you, but you never met her. I never met her. I, she never met me because I was the first one born here. Maybe she said some crazy shit about like the, what number are you in line? Four. Like I'm the, the fourth four. one and then you there's know, four after me. They're all really superstitious. Like when I was little, I said something to her. She was holding me for some reason and I looked at her and I said, remember when I used to hold you the way you're holding me? And she like, was in the car with me, and I and, and I so and, yeah. A few and years I just later, like she went to a spiritualist, and they told her that I was a reincarnation of her mother. Yeah. Oh uh, well, didn't I feel like my dad used to say that you looked like grandma anyway? Mm-hmm. She, if you look at their does. wedding picture, yeah. I look just like her. Yeah. Yeah. And I got the picture. But like as a child younger than Mia, I had to have been like two or three when I said that to her. Yeah. And then like a few years later, oh, that's a so spiritualist crazy. was like, oh yeah, your daughter is the reincarnation of your mother. That's so spooky. Yeah, yeah it is. And I was just like, well, I what? Feel like, I feel like my dad has always been like uh, like oddly spiritual, but like not, like not really religious, but he, he's, ha- I mean, he has quirks, Here. but like... He's always been oh the family reunion shirt. That's my mother. Oh yeah, dude! Wow. 
Yeah, I haven't seen this picture in a long time. Mm -hmm. That's my map. And somebody asked me, because I have the hard picture of that too. Yeah. And somebody said, where did Candace get that wedding dress? I said, that's not Candace. That's my mother. That's And they're like, wow. I said, yeah. So the whole spiritual thing ties into my weird experience. Because I was with my dad in California, and we were going down to Mexico because we were in Southern California visiting family, and we wanted to go to Mexico for vacation. So we get through, and we always left in the middle of the night so that it was an easy drive. Yeah. And so we get past Tijuana, and we're literally in the middle of nowhere, and it's pitch black. And we're just like on this dirt road, and we get a flat tire. And we can't see anything around us. So my grandpa pulls off to the side of the road. We open the door, and all of a sudden, there's this brightly lit altar filled with candles and a picture of Our Lady Guadalupe. Mind you, before we opened the door, it was pitch black. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, weird. And there's where, fresh roses. Where in the trip was this? You don't know. We were like slightly past Tijuana, oh, okay. going towards Ensenada, yeah. Mexico. And so, like, we're all, like, freaking out. Like, where did this come from? No one saw this. How did there's, like, eight of us in the van? How did no one see this, yeah. you know? And so we hurried up and, like, changed the tire and got out of there. And when we pulled away, it wasn't there anymore. Was, and no other follow-up? No. That was it? That was it. Like, that was just out of nowhere. And we're just, like, no one ever brings it up. I talk about it with my sister occasionally. And she's yeah. like, you remember that one time it was, like, Alter thing, and I was like, "Yeah." I want to go back to to the whole Grandma Santeria thing. Um, do you? Th- so, were any of any of your brothers and sisters kind of aware of that, like Angel or any? Nope, of them? none of them. Know. None of them. What? She didn't even know what Santeria was. As she, I've always been really interested in witchcraft and yeah. like other religions. And so as she's telling me these stories my whole life, I have finally started getting back into like reading about that kind of stuff. And I'm like, it just clicked with me one day. I'm like, oh my God, grandma practiced Santeria. Yeah. That explains everything. So were they were they religious at all? Like did they My mother was very religious. My mother religious, had like Catholic religious? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was she was brought up Catholic, but, but she had altars in our house yeah like she had an altar to the virgin mary she had an altar to god Mm -hmm. and she had the bible on her dresser i I always wonder like if people that like practice things like that that maybe it's like a religious reinforcement i don't know but like or does it undercut the idea of like the power of religion or like God or something like that. If people are cool. are playing God to stop you, or I guess it's maybe like a fight for good. If if your dad's sister was trying to to be hurt, evil, to, to hurt, hurt you, us. yeah, okay, and then she was playing kind of like opinion, God role. People who believe in like religion and Christianity specifically, they believe that God gives people gifts. So mm-hmm. if you have a gift of art. Or you have mm-hmm. a gift of singing. Right. So, so maybe Grandma was more be... like a soldier of God. Right. Okay. She was a warrior of God. God. People can be healers. People yep. can, you know, know what's going to happen in the future, that kind yeah. of stuff. I have really, really good intuition. Yeah. And I feel like that is my gift. I can just read people very easily and, like, I kind of get inklings about things. And okay. I do, too. 
Thanks for scaring. Uh, yeah. Thanks for scaring the shit out of me. <laughs> This is Emily, the Flick Chick. I have a spooky story to tell. It's not a personal story, um, but it belongs to someone very close to me, um, my brother. So um, I'm gonna change some of the names just uh, out of you know observation that this isn't my story, and you know just to make sure that these people feel comfortable um, with their story being told. So um, my brother has a friend, um, we'll call her Dana, and Dana lives in a, an old house in New Haven, Connecticut. Um, the house was built in 1918. Uh, her parents were the third owners of the house since 1918, so there's only been two other owners prior to her. Um, and then her parents passed the house down to Dana. Um, so Dana lives there, um, and has lived there most of her life. So, um, my brother and his partner went to go visit this house and see her. Um, my brother's partner, uh, grew up with Dana and went to high school with her and has known her for many years. So they went to go visit in New Haven, Connecticut, and this um, was a couple years ago. And they stayed in a room um, that uh, is on the second floor. Um, the The house has three floors. It's a pretty big house. Um, so they were staying in this room. Um, you know, they had seen the whole house. They had had dinner. Um, it was their first night there. Um, and you know, when they were downstairs having dinner, they noticed a cello lying on its side in the room and they're like, Oh, that's really cool. Um, so they go to bed. Um, and while they're lying in bed, um, they, they went to bed probably around like one twenty in the morning. Cause after making dinner and hanging out for a while, it took them a while to go to bed. Um, so they wake up in the middle of the night and they hear this plucking of the cello, like bum, 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 like in the middle of the night. And my brother thought, okay, you know, maybe I just heard this. But then he noticed that his partner woke up too, um, and said, did you hear that? And then they heard it again, like bum, bum, bum. But this time they heard a little girl giggling um, like hee hee hee, and they were extremely freaked out. Like didn't know what to do. They literally just pulled the covers over their head and tried to go back to sleep. Um, and the next day, they asked Dana. They said, "You know, I we heard a cello in the middle of the night. Was that you?" And she said, she laughed and said, "No, no." Um, that wasn't me, but, uh, that was probably Miss Lolly. Um, 
And apparently Miss Lolly was a girl that the house was built for. So there was a family that um, built the house for their daughter and as soon as they moved in, the girl died um, of some sort of disease like a year after they had moved in, so in the house. Um, so she died young and the um, she played cello and the cello that was downstairs um, literally had no strings. The strings weren't stretched over the instrument. They were attached, but they were loose. So like you couldn't have made that sound if you wanted to um, without, re you know, tightening the strings or whatever. Um, but they saw that the 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 cello was still laying there on its side the strings were loose the next day so um very clear that there was a presence in the house um and actually dana has had a medium come to the house and has determined that there are according to the medium 20 ghosts that are there um but dana has always said that the house looks out for her she's never felt like ill will from any of the spirits like they actually you know, protect her in many ways. Um, Dana has since gotten married and her husband moved into the house with her and the energy kind of changed. So the, my brother said that, you know, since, since she's been married, um, the spirits don't really come out as much when they visit. Um, but it, you know, there were many other things um, that happened in the house. Another instance was a different time my brother went to visit. Um, they were staying in this bedroom and they put, my brother put his phone on the radiator in his bedroom and then went downstairs. And so he left it, you know, sitting on this radiator in his bedroom, went downstairs, they hung out for a while. He went back up in his, into the bedroom later that night and the phone was lying 10 feet away in the middle of the floor, face up and on. So, like, you know how iPhones work. Like, you have to touch them to, like, kind of wake them up. And it was on and awake in the middle of the floor, 10 feet away. And my brother thought, okay, well, maybe it was the cat. But, like, for a cat to fling a phone 10 feet is really far. And not only that all the floors in the house are wood so you would have heard like a noise on the wood floors um if something had dropped so it was almost like something or someone picked the phone up and then moved it and literally either stopped in the middle of what it was doing and dropped it when my brother opened the door or like set it down um i don't know but he was pretty freaked out about that also um but the cat um, that lives there with Dana, the cat's name, I'll, I'll tell you the real name, is, is Honeypot. And Honeypot would stare at the corners of rooms all the time and just stare. Even when you would call her or do anything, she would just stare into the corners of the room. Um, so yeah, this that is the story of... Um, my brother's friend with the haunted house and she still lives there to this day and um she's never been weirded out by the ghosts um like I said before now that her husband has moved in he kind of changed the energy he like smokes cigars in the house and just kind of is like 
a larger presence and I think it kind of scared the ghosts away. But Miss Lolly um, was always like a friendly ghost but still kind of creepy that she was messing around on the cello in the middle of the night and then laughing about it. So hope you enjoyed my story. Happy Halloween. I'll talk to you later. Because when you texted me, we were at dinner with my parents. And I was like, Mom, wasn't the house on white? Like, didn't we think it was haunted? And she goes, oh, we know it was haunted. Oh. <laughs> like, okay. Wow. So I lived there, well, from when I was like a thought to 10 years old. A thought. <laughs> <laughs> so so it, a lot of this happened when I was like, really young so yeah. I don't remember a lot of details but mm -hmm. it definitely freaked my mom out so I've yeah. heard about it a lot yeah. <laughs> so, so it was the main ghost that we knew we had in this house was a little boy mm. and it was a weird thing where when I was like I think two and three from what my mom's told me I had this imaginary friend but she, like, I was never a super creative kid, so she thought it was weird I had this imaginary friend. Mm -hmm. And not only did we, I had the friend, but it was, like, like I'd have full-blown conversations and, like, try to share toys and, like, weird things that she was like, this is, like, an extreme imaginary friend. <laughs> but then, like, one day I just kind of stopped with it. So she was like, eh, okay, phase is over. But then when Spencer, my younger brother, hit the same age, mm. he did the same thing. Ugh. And my mom would ask him, and it was the same name. Like, if you asked him things about the friend, they matched. Like, we had the exact same imaginary friend. No. No. <laughs> and it was Can you like, imagine being your mom? What? Can you imagine being your mom? I know. I think she was real freaked out. Do but you then, remember the friend at all? I don't. Like, because I was little. Like, we were under five years old. Yeah. And it was weird. It's like we got to an age where we couldn't see him anymore, and we just stopped talking about it, and we just, like, completely yeah. forgot about it. So it was odd. But then, so my, my parents always had this suspicion that it was actually a little ghost mm -hmm. that Spencer and I, since we were young enough, like, we could see and interact with. And then it confirmed it when there is this picture that my mom took of Spencer and I watching TV. And we were, like, sitting close, but not, like, right together. There was space in between us. She takes a picture, didn't think anything of it. It gets developed. And when it gets developed, there's a little boy sitting in between my brother and I <laughs> watching TV. So my mom got rid of the picture. <laughs> Like it freaked her out. She got, she rid, got of rid of it. Oh yeah, she was like, mm -hmm. nah. <laughs> she nah. was, "No, no, you could have sold that, right? For thousands of dollars." Well, so then people were like, "Oh, well, don't you know this kid?" And my mom's like, "No," and there, I swear to God, there was no other kid when I took this photo. So 
Oh, it was like I, it was real enough for them to be like, do they know who that is? Right. Oh. Like people thought that like we just had another kid with us, but no one knew who the kid was. And... That's bonkers. <laughs> That's terrifying. That's terrifying. But yeah. Well, I, I feel know. like if I was your mom, maybe I would have thrown away the picture too, because I like you're like, no, I don't want that in my house. You know what I mean? But the picture is yeah. just like it's already there, and you're just like, I have proof that there's something in my house. But I think like both my parents are very science people. Oh. I don't think they really wanted to believe that it was true, but it was kind of the first thing that started us going. Then as we got. Lola's gonna be <laughs> protecting the house. She's gonna be the ghost. <laughs> the wrestling over there. Oh. But yeah, it was kind of the first thing that got them started thinking that maybe something was going on in the house. Yeah. And, like we would just notice things not in exactly where you left it. Like stuff would move, or you'd leave it in the kitchen. It would end up in the living room for no reason. And yeah. They're just weird little things like that. But then, that's a, I told Alex this story, and he goes, I don't know if this is that exciting. <laughs> it, it, no, it's weird. I mean, it's and creepy. Like, it's very creepy. Yeah. Wow. And then you moved out of the house, and then yeah, stayed. Well, and it was, I think my dad was finally convinced, because we came across, the last few years we lived in the house, every night we'd hear these, like, crashing sounds mm -hmm. but we had this big bay window and it would it just every night we it would sound like someone drove through the bay window and just like smashed it to pieces well i guess he my dad did some research or something and figured out that when spirits like pass over mm -hmm. there's usually a large like kind of crash noise or some kind of noise like that yeah. so he believes to this day that that house is in some sort of like weak zone that allows yeah. spirits to pass through there. Oh, it's and... a gateway. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> like my dad and my mom are a very science, like yeah. logical people. It took a lot to convince them. I think that makes it scarier that they went to be. They went from like yeah, 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 science to like this is a fucking spirit gateway. <laughs> Yeah, they're like, no, we know this house is haunted. Damn. Wow. Oh, God. Well, that was, that was scary. You guys, what did you guys think about all those those tales from the chup? <laughs> I thought they were good too. <laughs> it's like a therapy book now because we all need it. Yeah, for real. Yikes. Yeah. Um, that.
that was really fun though if you guys like it let us know um if we should do something like that again it doesn't have to just be a halloween thing can have christmas stories mm-hmm. new mm-hmm. year's stories we could just have a story mm-hmm. like a like Coming a user age. submitted story segment yeah yeah it could be fun if you just like to write stories you could write us one write you us one read it we'll read it yeah, you could read it. Whatever, we don't care. There's write no us rule. like a a spec script for uh like Rocco's Modern Life or something, and we'll we'll yeah. act as the characters and read our scripts. Yeah. We are actually quite interested in that, so uh, uh, we could do that. You want us to read the script of Ratatouille, but instead we're the crocodile hunter and a crocodile that <laughs> makes some weird Australian dish. We'll do it. We'll do it. We. There's no rules here, and there's, there's, that's it. There's no rules. So we'll do anything. We'll do anything once, <laughs> no. except meth. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> we have rules. There's a lot of things we won't do. Uh, there's rules. Please. <laughs> um, so, anyways, that's it. We hope you guys have a nice, safe, Halloween. We hope it's fun. I know it's kind of sad this year because like social distancing and like is trick or treating happening? No one even knows. In some places, but you know, I hope that the spirit of Halloween lives within you and yeah. your spooky side comes out. Yeah, let your freak flag fly, baby. And uh and then send uh, us your pics. Yeah. And don't only go for somebody that was gonna vote for Halloween. Actually go and vote. Oh yeah, vote for the love of God. For the love of God, you have like three days. You have three days. You can still make it. You can still make it, guys. Yeah. And um, you know what? Go in person. If you gotta go uh, in person and see what's up, do it. Yeah. Day of. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure in Ohio, even if you did absentee, if you don't want to mail it in, I'm pretty sure, I could be wrong, but I'm almost positive that this year you can take your absentee ballot into the Board of Elections, yes, you can. turn it in, unfilled out, and vote in person. Okay. Okay. In the past, you couldn't do that. I'm almost positive you could do that this year. If I'm wrong, sorry about it. Vote but please vote. <laughs> vote. Vote like your life depends on it because it does. Wow, you're definitely a commercial. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, SoundCloud, Pocket Casts. You can reach us at theketchupshowpodcast at gmail.com. You can go to theketchupshow.com for a website that is like an old bottle of ketchup that you left in the back of your fridge that you only realize the next summer that you need, but then you look at it and you realize that it expired three summers ago, but you still don't care because there's no mold on it. So you take it outside and you peel off the part of the label that has the expiration date on it and everybody puts it on the hot dogs. I've been forgetting to update the website. Um, That's okay. Um, yeah, or you can go to the Ketchup Show podcast on Instagram. Send us a DM. Tell us what your favorite stories were. Talk to us. We want to hear from you. Tell us things to say. Give us those spec scripts. We don't care what what media it comes through. Yeah, we'll do anything once. 
<laughs> okay, happy Halloween. Alright, love you. Happy Halloween. Stay spooky. Good night. Bye. <laughs>